0: And here we go. Here we go on this beautiful Monday evening in the city at 6 o'clock straight up. That means it's time for Real Talk Memphis. Very happy to have you with us this evening. I am your humble host, Chip Washington. Uh, it is good to be here as well. I tell you, you know, when I think about uh, weekends and the weekend just passed, it was literally like 20 minutes. I mean, I, you know, you work hard towards Friday. When you get to Friday, and you get through that. You get into Saturday, and it goes by like that. And then Sunday goes by in about 10 minutes, and then you're back at it on Monday. But you know what? It's good, because this is the place I like to be, especially on Monday evenings at 6 p.m., hanging out with you. I hope you had a good weekend out there as well. Um, We have a pretty good show for you tonight. This has been a day of news, uh, to be sure. And we'll talk about all of that in just a minute. But uh, I uh, would like to lay out... First and foremost, how you get this fine piece of radio broadcasting? Well, uh, I'm always happy when you ask that question. There's a number of ways to do that. Right now, we are live on WYXR 91.7 on your FM dial. You can also catch us on uh, the uh, TuneIn app, uh, WYXR.org. We are on Facebook Live. Uh, When the show is posted tomorrow, we will be uh, on YouTube and we will be available wherever it is in the world you get your podcast. So uh, that's always something to nice to look forward to uh, on a Tuesday. Let me back up. Last week uh, was Pledge Week here at WYXR. and uh, I just wanted to say uh, thank you uh, to each and every one of you who uh, contributed uh, to the coffers here. Uh, they met their pledge goal Uh, we have a lot of talent here at this station and a lot of folks, uh, worked hard to put that whole week together. Uh, but, but it doesn't mean anything if you are not listening and you are not supporting us and you are not a part of us. And I really, uh, I'm really, really happy, uh, to be a part of this station. And uh, again, congratulations to Robbie, JB, uh, uh, Shelby and Kate. Uh, for an amazing job and amazing week. And thank you again, uh, WYXR listeners and supporters. As well as the show tonight, as far as the show tonight is concerned, we have some pretty good guests. We, we, we hope uh, that you think so. Uh, Dr. Judy Martin is going to join us uh, a little bit later. Uh, uh, she is uh, the executive director uh, of an organization uh, that deals with folks with Alzheimer's and dementia. Uh, those are two uh, illnesses that many, many, and far too many of us are familiar with out there. Uh, and uh, she's going to talk to us about uh, a, um, uh, her facility and how uh, they do two things. First of all, they uh, support people with Alzheimer's and dementia, you know, in a, in a respectful way. And they also um, give uh, caretakers a break uh, as well because they need one as well. We'll talk to her about that in just a few minutes. Uh, we're also going to have uh, Mr. Al Lewis or Al Man. It depends on uh, you know what he signs in on uh, on uh, <laughs> on social media. Uh, Al is a longtime community activist in this town. Uh, he's not afraid to use his voice. He's not afraid to uh, express his thoughts and opinions about uh, issues that uh, he doesn't agree with. And a lot of folks are the same. Uh, But uh, Al's going to join me in just a few minutes. And we're going to talk about uh, some of the uh, issues that are happening in our city. Lord knows there are quite a few of them. And uh, a little bit later on, uh, we're going to have a young lady uh, who the is, first of all, the University of Memphis, each and every year, uh, selects uh, outstanding alumnus in various categories, and uh, we are proud to have one of those uh, with us tonight. Uh, She uh, recently received the Distinguished Young Alum Award. Uh, And uh, so she's going to be joining us. Her name is Candace, and I'm not going to try to pronounce her last name. I'm going to let her do that, I'm going to try to remember that during the segment. (laughs) So she's coming up a little bit later on. So as we do, uh, each and every uh, Monday, right around this time, uh, we like to celebrate you and your current trip around the sun. Uh, you know, if you had a birthday over the weekend, uh, if you have a birthday today, if you have one this week, this is t- your time. Now, this is the time where we do the big shout out. We do the best shout out in the country. So uh, if, if you are, you know, into such things like that, uh, prepare yourself because uh, we're about to do that right now. I can tell you right now, we don't have a lot of birthdays today. Lola, you got a birthday? Okay, no birthdays from Lola uh, as well. But we're going to get into it. But we can't do that until what happens. I say, hit it, Bren. Happy birthday. So it is your birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday is going on to, this is a short list today. Patrick Halloran celebrating his birthday today. Uh, happy birthday to Shalisa Alexander, uh, to uh, Calvin Anderson. Uh, And to Debbie Grundy Chalmers, uh, you folks are celebrating your birthday today. And I do have another uh, birthday shout-out one day early. Uh, I'm going to shout-out my my guy. He's like my little brother, uh, and he's a great human being. His name is Mandrell McLaughlin, and his birthday is on tomorrow. Uh, Man, uh, I hope you have a wonderful day. He's a great guy with a great family. Uh, And uh, tomorrow he's celebrating his birthday. So to each and every one of you, happy birthday. I hope this day has been filled with fun and laughter. And we hope that we will be around next year uh, to uh, help you enjoy your next trip around the sun. Thank you, Mr. Brand. All right, so uh, some news and notes going on uh, here today. First of all, locally, uh, right about now, there is a mayoral debate that is happening uh, live at the Halloran Center downtown. Uh, So you have a chance to listen to the candidates and uh, um, hear their their questions and answers and, uh, you know, who you think might be best suited to be uh, the mayor of this city as the election heads quickly towards us uh, in the fall. Speaking of uh, politics, uh, the uh, Tennessee Three, we all know who they are, right? Two Justins and, of course, Gloria Johnson. Uh, The two justins expelled uh, from the House, but quickly put back and reinstated uh, on a uh, special election basis. There's going to be an election for those seats uh, in, I think, August or June, and then then the primary is in August. I'm not concerned about the fact that they're going back. But today they were in Washington, D.C., and they had a chance to meet the president of the United States, uh, in the Oval Office. That must have been a pretty big kick. He congratulated them for their efforts uh, on trying to uh, recognize the fact that we desperately need gun control in this country. Uh, he is trying to do everything he can, so he said, but he really praised them uh, for their courage uh, and uh, for their fight uh, for this. And uh, it's always nice to be recognized uh, you know, by the big dog. The President of the United States uh, did that. Locally, uh, Governor Lee... Of course, the legislative session is officially over uh, for this year, but Governor Lee has called for a special session at some point uh, to address gun control issues. Uh, these, 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 you know, and, and, and during the session, there were several uh, proposals for some sort of uh, uh, gun control. Uh, you know, these uh, assault weapons uh, that people uh, use pretty frequently to kill other folks and things like that. Not one of those bills was taken up uh, in legislative session. So he's going to call a special session to see if he can't get somebody's attention. All right, so uh, one of the big conversations that is happening around here uh, is the pick for a new Memphis and Shelby County School superintendent. Uh, now, if you're, if, you're, if you're following this soap opera, it's a mess. I'll just say it like that. Uh, initially, uh, there were four candidates uh who were chosen by a search committee uh interestingly enough uh the board who's actually going to make the final selection didn't really know a lot about how many candidates were involved you know who these folks were and everything so uh so let's just pause that okay hold on to that for a second so let's fast forward we had four final candidates all right since uh all of this confusion has taken place Two of the original candidates of the of the, fi- of the four finalists have dropped out. Uh, one of them uh, took another job uh, in another district. The other one was said, you know, they really decided that they wanted to pull out because uh, of the confusion in terms of this search committee and uh, the individuals involved. Uh, there's been a pause put on the selection uh, of a uh, new superintendent. Since then, there have been two additional people placed in the final uh, you know, selection process. So that makes what, four? Uh, one of those dropped out, so that makes it what, three? Uh, two of the members of the three are actually Shelby County School employees. Now, here's where the problem comes in. The current interim superintendent of education, Tony Williams, uh, was given that position Uh, with the stipulation and understanding that she would not apply for the permanent position. Well, at some particular point in time, she decided that she was going to apply for the permanent position, which she has done. And they've named her a finalist. Well, there's something wrong with that picture right away, because if you take the job, knowing that you're not going to be a part of it, which was the stipulation for you getting the job. Now I don't have a problem with her applying for the position. That's fine. Apply all you want to. That's great. But, step down now because you have an unfair advantage over everybody else uh, who is trying to, you know, openly and objectively get this seat, but you're already in the seat. So that causes a bit of a problem. There is another candidate who is an assistant or an associate superintendent, assistant superintendent, uh, Angela Whitelaw. Um, She was actually one of the two interim uh, superintendents when uh, the last superintendent got moved along. so now you have two people who work for the system uh, who are finalists and you have another gentleman who is outside or not from here uh, in the system. So where is the, f- the fairness and equitability in all of this? If you're going to end up picking a, a local candidate behind this, then you shouldn't have gone through this in the first place. You wasted $100,000 plus on a search committee. So today uh, there was a special meeting, which is going on right now, by the way, uh, at the school board to address all of this. This morning, one of the school board members, Michelle McKissick, had her own press conference to talk a little bit about the frustration involved in this. And also that she thought that the public was being denied the access that they should have in choosing who is going to lead the district that is going to uh, be over their children. So, you know, as I said before, so she had that 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 press conference this morning. And she also said special interests might be involved in the next election as well. So there is another school board meeting scheduled for tomorrow evening at 630. This is shameful. And it's a mess. And it's embarrassing, uh, you know, to us as a city and as a community. We will keep you posted as to what happens in terms of this situation. Because as I said before, it's a mess. Uh, Let's see here. Um, I don't know if you were paying attention to uh, a local Teamsters Union 667. Uh, who were uh, the uh, the sanitation workers uh, were on strike uh, about a week or so last week, a couple of weeks ago, one of their colleagues, a former colleagues, was killed uh, at a landfill. Uh, so they were um, on strike for uh, the improvement of safety conditions, and as well as making a little extra money, like at least like three dollars an hour. Well, that started to become a thing uh, last week with the city council and other community leaders getting involved in this. Uh, cut to the chase Uh, a proposal after a meeting uh, with a republic company uh, and the uh, teamsters union workers uh, ended up uh, being ratified and approved they are back on the job and they will be uh, back picking up uh, uh, the trash uh, trash collection and everything else it's a shame that it takes a tragedy uh, to to instill change uh, where change was needed long beforehand and one final note uh, the Grizzlies play tonight uh, in Los Angeles uh, for, uh, this is what, game four, right? Uh, and uh, I just have one note uh, before this game starts right now. Uh, if you guys are friends of, uh, of uh, Dylan Brooks and you have his uh, cell phone number, why don't you give him a call and tell him, stop talking and start playing. How about that? If we can do that, you know, and do that well, we could do two things. We could come out with a victory. And then we can have a whole lot of momentum when they come home in a couple of days. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) That's it for news and notes. Talk too much, man. They talk too much. Uh, That's it for news and notes. And we're going to take our first break. And when we come back, I'm hoping that we will have our first guest. I don't see him up there in the queue, but hopefully we will have our first guest. And we will chat about a few things that are happening in and around our community. This is Real Talk Memphis for this beautiful Monday evening. I am Chip. You know who you are. We will be right back.
1: Hello Memphis. Urban Earth is a proud supporter of WXR 91.7 FM. On Saturday, April 29th, Urban Earth is hosting our annual Flickr Fest, which will feature live music by Jeff Hewlett and Devil Train. We'll also have multiple food trucks, beer from Crosstown Brewery, and activities for kids and adults alike. The festival will be held at 80 Flickr Street under the Union Avenue Viaduct in Midtown. More information at urbanearthmemphis.com.
2: WYXR is supported by the On Stage at the Halloran Center season, presenting Frank Ferrante in An Evening with Groucho on Saturday, May 6th. Actor Frank Ferrante brings his stage portrayal of this comedian to Memphis, where the audience becomes part of the show as he ad his way throughout the performance and Groucho's style. More information at orpheum-memphis.com.
3: At WYXR, we are committed to uplifting local organizations and businesses who are making an impact in Memphis. If you are looking for ways to spread the word about your business on air and want to support WYXR at the same time, email us at sponsorships at wyxr.org. Do you want to place your company in front of Memphis cultural consumers and influencers? How about interacting with them in a meaningful way? WYXR's second annual Stereo Sessions at the Memphis Listening Lab is back. We are looking for sponsors to support WYXR's exploration of unsung albums from the musical history of Memphis. For more information, email us at sponsorships at wyxr.org.
1: Hey, I'm Will from Crosstown Brewing Company. We support WYXR 91.7 FM. A favorite beer is just like a favorite song. We feel something new every time we encounter them. Cheers to playing the hits and tasting the notes.
3: Do you want to place your company in front of Memphis cultural consumers and influencers? How about interacting with them in a meaningful way? WYXR's second annual Stereo Sessions at the Memphis Listening Lab is back. We are looking for sponsors to support WYXR's exploration of unsung albums from the musical history of Memphis. For more information, email us at sponsorships at wyxr.org.
4: WYXR is supported by Minglewood Hall presenting jazz guitarist and innovator Pat Metheny live Tuesday, October tenth. Good evening. More Good evening. How are you doing? seats at MinglewoodHallMemphis.com. All right.
0: as I said earlier, you know, there are a lot of issues uh, that are happening in our city. And, and, and uh, you know, we really have uh, some challenges uh, 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 that we're dealing with right now in terms of crime and, and a lot of uh, uh, other issues as well. Uh, but one thing we're thankful for are the people who are not afraid to speak up. Uh, people who are not afraid to exercise their voices and opinions uh, because uh, community activists and protesters uh, are the change makers uh, in our society. And I'm very happy to have one uh, with me now. Uh, Al Lewis uh, is is a, is a longtime community activist in this town. Uh, and he's not afraid to uh, challenge uh, the, the decision makers and the politicians uh, in terms of what is happening in our streets. He joins me now. And Al, it's good to see you, my friend. How are you doing tonight?
5: Good evening, Chip. It's good to see you, brother. Thank
0: you. Yes, sir. So, you know, I, I reached out to you initially uh, because uh, uh, there was, uh, I guess, a meeting or I know there was a story done about uh, the fact that our juveniles are, are you know, are, are a bit of a challenge these days, uh, to say the least. And uh, as we are starting to uh, realize the fact that school will be out in just a very few weeks. Uh, uh, The police are trying to, I guess, be proactive uh, and maybe even trying to target these young folks uh, as to uh, being out on the streets at a certain time uh, vis-a-vis curfew. But this seemed had initially Al, to be targeted at the downtown area. And we all know that's where the tourists come and that's where the money is. And I did see a story about that. And I did see that you had an opinion about that because it felt as if they were targeting these young people uh, and really not addressing the solution. What say you about that?
5: Well, you know, this is this is, seems to be old hat uh, for, for certain entities in Memphis, in particular the Memphis Police Department. Uh, and you you, you you nailed it initially when you said uh, there would be tourist uh, money downtown and uh, of course they, they don't want to disrupt or interrupt that, that money and, and and I understand that but I don't think that's a, a healthy or, or fair equitable way to uh, to deal with that as you said, if we're putting leverage on 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 the behavior of a few now, the first thing I want to qualify is not all young people, are doing this right a very very small percentage are, are doing this right and so this is casting a wide net to perhaps deter a few people and i don't know how how deterring that'll be as quick as they can do certain crimes now i don't even know if that's a deterrence but my concern is based on the language and how it was written it seemed to be code for black children instead of just children uh certain ways of of, of uh targeting dress what do you mean inappropriate dress? What is inappropriate uh, uh, nowadays? Uh, how do they determine what's inappropriate? Yeah. Uh,
3: and,
5: and so it seemed like, again, uh, the old Memphis uh, default uh, of uh, not being straight is as if they cannot uh, effectively police without violating some right or or, or human dignity. You right. know, that, that that's a very,
0: very important point. And a lot of folks are taking it like that. I think, first of all, I take offense to the fact that we're just talking about downtown. We have a whole city here. We have a whole county, and, and crime is permeating every area of it. Uh, but but I mean, but you're right. There seems to be a targeted, uh, you know, a, a direct focus on our young black youth. Uh, and, I, and I know that there is some concern. I know the merchants are talking and they're chirping pretty loud down downtown about all of this. And as we're getting into a place where kids are going to be out of school. So you, you're going to have that additional element. But you're right. When it starts to when it starts to target clothing and, and other things. But how do you legislate this? Because this whole curfew deal has been going on forever. Uh, there's been a law on the books forever, but it's not been enforced. What makes now so different?
5: Well, well I, first thing, let, let's go to this. That children get out of school every summer. That's <laughs> this true. is the that's first true. time yeah. children have gotten out of school. And this isn't something that, that we could say would be unpredictable as more guns have proliferated into our communities. And with the advent now of uh, fentanyl uh, uh, narcotic uh, coming in uh, and, and, and the ease access to guns and, and, and breaking in cars to perhaps steal guns, I, I mean, that's that's an invitation. I understand that. But again, how do you apply these policies equitably and fairly? I wonder if uh, if uh, uh, white children w- will be targeted the same way that black children will be targeted just for walking down the street. Uh,
0: Al, you know, I mean, all of us know that we have we have a serious uh, problem on our hands, crime problem on our hands. We've seen uh, the advent of juvenile crime escalate to. to to, uh to uh points where we've never seen this before i mean this is it's it's bad out here okay and no doubt about that yeah and any of us who who, who, who don't think it is we're not paying enough of attention but al you're man of your streets uh what 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 do you see uh is the problem but more importantly what do you see is the solution what are we missing here i mean what there's a there's a missing quote in here somewhere uh and, and and we're all trying to figure out what it is Do you have any thoughts about that
5: Sure, I do, man. And, and there's a there's a principle that I learned from seven habits of highly effective people, uh, uh, and, and one of them it is seek first to understand, then be understood. And that essentially equates to mm. to listen empathically, to listen with our whole being. And, and and young people need to be listened to. They don't particularly articulate as a more seasoned or older person would. So young people tend to articulate with their emotions or lack of, or, or 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 what, or behaviors. But those behaviors are speaking something to us. They need to be heard in a way that, first of all, that they can trust people that not uh, just not just going to lecture to them, but rather sit down and engage them to see what happened. There's, uh, there's an old
0: saying, uh, meet them where they are. That sounds like exactly what you're trying to say. you got to meet these young people where they are uh, to the place where they can uh, uh, feel free to have a conversation with you and be
5: comfortable in the environment that they're doing it in. Am I hearing you right? Oh, absolutely, man. And I've, I've been involved in this kind of work, Chip, for 30 years, man. And uh, I'm working right now with Inside Circle, who we intend to uh, bring some processes to the uh, Shelby County Jail. uh uh uh, down there to try to do some intervention stuff with the with the prisoners long-term prisoners and to and to also diffuse that into the neighborhoods and streets we're looking at something like community quality circles where we can train trainers to intervene and to know how to listen and and techniques to help mitigate and reconcile trauma that young people that can you imagine having being a young person today going to public school can you imagine what it, what it feels like to go home and know somebody may be looking for you with a pistol instead of their hands.
0: There's no saying that comes to mind when you say that, hurt people hurt people. And I've, oh, my God. I, and I've had a lot of people on this show, and, and that expression has been used a lot. What does that mean to you?
5: Well, what it means to me is people who are traumatized are likely to traumatize somebody else. Mm. The facts say that people that have been shot are more likely to shoot first. And people who've been shot at are more likely to shoot first because of just the natural trauma that happens to one's body when they're involved in that kind of activity.
0: There is a big time trust issue uh, uh, in this city uh, between just just citizenry uh, and, and law enforcement. And we saw that, of course, firsthand with Tyree Nichols. And I know you were very vocal about that. That's something that will forever st- stick with me uh, and, and really stain our city. Uh, you know, and, and of course, uh, people like you who have community voices uh, and a lot of these protesters uh, are trying to desperately change the way things are done uh, internally inside the police department. Uh, what's your take on all of this and, and where and where can we go from here in terms of trying to build that trust or can we rebuild that trust?
5: You said rebuild. I don't know if there's ever been that kind of trust here in Memphis between the police and, and the majority of the citizen, so-called black people, brother. I, I, I don't know if it's rebuilding. I think it's a it would have to require a total effort of building some rapport and, and trust with, with the black community. And that it's going to take first of all some humility and, and admitting some things on the Memphis Police Department of them admitting something. I don't see them at that at that point right now, Chip. I, I, I don't I don't know if they're actually ready. To do that, I, I, I think they're—I think they're so habituated into violating uh, people's human rights—is that they don't really know another way of getting getting an effective job done, and, and so I, I don't have an answer to that.
0: That's uh, well. That you know. That of course is a, a continual conversation. I mean, I know that there's a, there's a definite mistrust. It's interesting that you say it's not necessarily. I don't know about a rebuild. This has never been a build in the first place. Well, well, that's that. That in and of itself is a bigger is a bigger problem altogether. Um, when you have five uh, law enforcement officers sworn to serve and protect, do what they did to Tyree Nichols. Uh, not only did that predicate, uh, predicate in anger. Uh, but it really does uh, uh,
5: uh, predicate a sadness too, does it not? Oh my God! Yes, man. It, it shocked me, and both saddened me that to see human beings treating other human beings in that brutal of a manner, and then to see that they were black men treating another innocent uh, 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 person that who was in their in their custody uh, to treat him like that, which gave rise to me to think. How often has that happened and the person not died? And then they doctored the records to say that this person resisted or, or something. Mm. How many other times has, has that happened? And so I think a rational person would conclude that wasn't an isolated incident.
0: Yeah. Well, look, you know, it, we 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 need full accountability. Uh, we need the spotlight where the spotlight needs to go. And that's where... Uh, long-time community activists like you, and so many of these other younger ones are coming along right now, are really making a difference. And, and Al, I wanna, I wanna thank you for taking a few minutes to to, to come on with me and talk about it because uh, you know there's truth uh, in, in what you say, and I think uh, when I hear you talk, I hear you say there's a lot more. There needs to be a lot more truth. If you're gonna talk, uh, you need to talk truth, and, and and we need to be able to try to build off of that. Am I correct in that?
5: Correct, man. And I think if you look up the etymology of the word truth, you'll come to the word tree, or oak, upright and firm, something that you can touch that, that that's vertical. Uh, and that's, you know, the word verily, verily, that comes from the word vertical. is there. We know it's there. And, and, and I think a lot of times what we have used, have, have allowed language to do is cover truth. It is what it is. And by that, I have a this old saying I used often, Chip from one of my favorite authors, name is authors, his name is Derek Jensen. Mm-hmm. And he says, hate felt for so long doesn't feel like hate anymore. It feels like right now.
0: Oh, wow. That's deep. Well, listen, man, I got to leave it there. I got to run. But listen, Al, thank you, man, for taking the time to come on my show tonight. I really appreciate you. And, uh, uh, you, and I hope you'll come back down the road.
5: Anytime, Chip, man. Have a good day and have a good show.
0: Appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much. Al Lewis, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, truth uh, in the conversation. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to shift gears and uh, talk about Alzheimer's and dementia on this edition of uh, Real Talk Memphis. Every, every now and again, it happens. The girls are laughing at me. Real Talk Memphis, a quick break. We'll be right back.
4: WYXR is supported by the Museum of Science and History, presenting Laser Live, which brings live music and laser light effects together for a live concert series in the MOSH AutoZone Dome at the Sharp Planetarium. Laser Live begins May 13th with Hope Claiborne and Soul Scrimmage. More information at moshmemphis.com.
1: Shangri-La Records proudly supports WYXR. They offer a selection of vinyl, CDs, books, and more. Shangri-La has operated in the Memphis area for over three decades, and they are located at 1916 Madison Avenue in Midtown. They're open seven days a week. More information at Shangri.com.
0: uh, we talked about this a uh, little bit at the beginning of the broadcast, and there are two uh, illnesses, there are two diseases uh, that are becoming more and more prevalent in our society today, uh, and that if you have not been personally touched with it, uh, you probably know someone uh, you know who, who who has. And I'm speaking of Alzheimer's and and dementia. Well, my next guest uh, is uh, the executive director uh, of ADS Memphis, and uh, uh, these are facilities uh, that are, that are sort of daycare facilities for people who have uh, either Alzheimer's or dementia. And I'm really happy to have our, our next guest, uh, Dr. Judy Martin, with us. And Judy, it's good to see you. Uh, and uh, uh, you know, I pray, right off the top, I praise you for the work that you're doing. I've known you for a while, and and I know um, how how. I almost want to use the word consumed when it comes to our, our population and our people. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the organization uh, that you head and, and kind of what it's all about.
6: All right. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be with you today to speak about Alzheimer's and dementia. Uh, yes, I am working with Alzheimer's and Dementia Services of Memphis uh, it is an agency that has been in place in the Memphis area since about 1983. Okay. Not many people knew about it at that time. Yeah. Uh, because it was uh, really, the care was being provided to a really small group of people who had means, and uh, they, but they recognized that the issue, the problem was one that was growing in our community. And um, there were there was action occurring across the country and in the state uh where there was a focus on trying to figure out what needs to be done to assist people that were uh, being diagnosed at an increasing rate with Alzheimer's so uh, Memphis kind of took was one of the first players with that Uh, so 1983 is when uh, this agency began and then in 88 is when they moved over to their own building uh in uh the raleigh area and they uh worked in that one location for many years and then in um and then in 2004 they split off and opened a second location
0: so that just tells me judy that uh and you and you and you briefly alluded to it that the number of cases uh in reference to these uh, two uh uh, illnesses has really grown hasn't it Uh, predicating the need for facilities like the ones that you have correct
6: Absolutely. It really is such an issue. And I would tell you that I would even go so far as to say that if more people realized the benefit of an agency such as this, there would be more people using it because there's so many people that have a need for it and uh, they don't access the the services that are
0: available now in, in terms of that one of the things that caught my eye as I was reading about your <clears throat> about your organization there uh, is that you you it's a twofold deal one of course. Uh, you're dealing with uh, these patients, uh, Alzheimer's and dementia patients. Uh, and so you, you want to treat them with the respect and dignity, uh, you know, uh, that they deserve. But more importantly, this is the daycare. And this provides uh, a respite, if you will, or a bit of relief from those caretakers who are dealing with these uh, folks on a daily basis. Talk about that.
6: Absolutely. And, so, and they're equally important. So if I could talk a little bit first about the therapeutic care that we provide for the individuals that have the disease. Mm -hmm. So we don't, it's not, this is definitely not a facility where people just sit around and hum or rock or any of those things that some people think of when they think about somebody with dementia or Alzheimer's, what happens here is it's a really dynamic environment. Mm-hmm. There are individuals that are cognitively stimulated. They are intellectually stimulated, which is a great thing to keep the brain active
4: mm-hmm.
6: and keep it functioning and, and keep them engaged, keep them social. So the, there's the intellectual piece because you wanna to try to slow the progression of the disorder. Mm-hmm. and by stimulating the brain you can help to do that for example we have even have spanish classes they get to learn, oh, wow. learn spanish those types of things oh wow okay working puzzles all kinds of things that stimulate the brain help them to think but it's not in a threatening way that makes them feel insecure mm-hmm. it's in a safe way right uh also uh socially friend friendships that develop these people who um they kind of pair up they call it buddies with people and they get to have a quality of life even at this point in their lives. So so good good
0: interaction there, yeah, great, I'm sorry, go ahead
6: definitely the interaction yeah. and then I would t- and then physically physical also physical is a great thing I'll I'll mention that because that's really important people don't just sit as I said all day long they're assisting them with their personal needs but they also do things like exercise mm-hmm. they share exercises every day a couple of times a day and then they also get up with the individuals and actually go on walks they may walk around the center so and they take them outside they have outdoor space that they get to enjoy being outside. So there are lots of great things for those individuals, and we call them friends. Absolutely um, that. Absolutely <laughs> that.
0: Now the other and could, then about I, no, sure. I was going
6: to say if I could say a little bit about the caregiver.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Because yeah. then I want to talk about a little bit about the people. I mean, the the the, the caretakers themselves. But go ahead. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead.
6: Okay. So yeah, oh, I'd love to talk about them. So the caregivers, it definitely provides respite for them. One of the most challenging, and I will tell you, statistics show that uh, caregiving for an individual with Alzheimer's is um, is it, the the expense, the financial expense, as well as the toll that it takes on the caregiver far exceeds that of a person taking care of a person with, with a heart disease, uh, any of those other chronic conditions that somebody may have. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason is because Alzheimer's, you know, it's over such a long period of time. And it just really takes a toll on the individual, even to the degree you hear about caregivers losing the fight with keeping themselves up and moving, sometimes even before uh, the person who has the illness d- passes away. Yeah. That person who is the caregiver, yeah. they pass away.
0: This is, uh, I mean, and, and, and I think uh, organizations like yours, uh, facilities like yours, Put a spotlight on, on just how how critically uh, important it is uh, not only dealing with uh, people with uh, these specific dis- these disorders or diseases, uh, mm-hmm. but really the folks that care for them because there is a there is a tremendous uh, stress uh, that goes like you just said that goes along with them and people uh, who do care for folks with Alzheimer's and dementia they needs they need some 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 time you know to to sort of, you know, kind of recover, I guess, if you will, for lack of a better word, you know, to be able to function on a daily basis. Am I correct in
6: that? Well, so as it relates to the individuals who are the caretakers during the day, Mm -hmm. we provide training. And then there's also this thing that we do when we even interview and hire the folks who work in this type of a setting. There's sort of almost a personality, if you will. Mm -hmm. There's certain types of uh, character or nature of individuals and how they respond, how they move, uh, uh, that can be more comfortable around individuals that have Alzheimer's. Uh, It's also helpful if they've had some experience with individuals that have had that type of a need. And if they've taken care of somebody in that setting, then they're not taken by surprise by some of the things that uh, could occur in this type of a setting. Uh, they do have built in, they have the 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 break time and lunch time, but they are engaged yeah. throughout the day. Yeah. Um, I would not say that the work itself is extremely stressful, but again, it does take a certain type of person who can do that work.
0: Uh, absolutely that. Uh, Judy, before I let you get out of here, I need mm-hmm. to, uh, you give people who are interested in learning more uh, or wanting to know more about uh, ADSMemphis.org. Uh, adsmemphis. Memphis, uh, can you give me some contact information, some numbers, websites, if they want to reach out to you all and find out more information?
6: Absolutely. Thank you for asking. ADSMemphis.org is our website. Mm-hmm. ADSMemphis.org. It is our website, and we're working on uh, trying to update uh, the website as we move through uh but there is, that that's a good starting point uh the contact information is there uh the telephone number here e- at either of the at either of the centers is the same it's 901 372 4585 901 372 4585 and the number is the same again at both locations and you can just someone will take you to where you want to go if you call
0: that number. Yes. Dr. Judy Martin, Executive Director of ADS Memphis, Uh, thank you for coming on uh, Real Talk tonight, and thank you for, more importantly, for what you do uh, for so many out there in need. Really appreciate you.
6: It is my pleasure, and thank you. I appreciate you as well. It's a pleasure to be able to share this information with the public.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Judy. Uh, We'll be talking down the road. Yes, ma'am. Take care. Judy Martin, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of folks out here who are dealing with uh, Alzheimer's and dementia. Uh, It is a big issue, uh, but uh, it is nice to know uh, that there is a place that is dedicated uh, to helping uh, those who need the help the most. We're going to take our final break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk to a young lady uh, who is just, shall I say, distinguished. That's all you'll get. Uh, (laughs) This is Real Talk, man, for some chip. We'll be back, right back.
4: River Series is a proud sponsor of WYXR. The series continues May 13th with Mark Eggers Stewart and Aaron James and May 20th with Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Spider Bags and a tribute to Memphis' Flat Tire Rockers Limes. Doors at 4 p.m. for both shows. Tickets and more information at riverseries.org.
3: Church Health's Memphis Plan continues its decades-long commitment to serving local musicians with comprehensive health care and also tailors its focus to small business owners and the self-employed. Health care through the Memphis Plan provides care in Memphis for Memphians. Related services include preventative health, optometry, dental care, and more. More information regarding availability at memphisplan.org or at 901-272-PLAN.
1: Did you know you could donate your vehicle and support WYXR at the same time? We offer free pickup and it's tax deductible. Go to cars.wyxr.org to donate your car today.
0: folks out there on the facebook live tonight i see you all out there my brother and a lot of other folks out there this evening cheryl thank you all jet for uh, for checking in with us michael harris and and the like really appreciate that also appreciate celebrating accomplishments uh the young lady uh, that i am about to, first of all the university of memphis uh, honors its students and each and every year uh they have a very special uh, ceremony where they honor uh, some of their for, uh, former students uh, for their accomplishments, uh, you know, today and some of the things that they have done to represent and honor the university in a in a wonderful way. And we have uh, one of those. Uh, they had their award ceremony over the weekend, and uh, one of those uh, honorees uh, is Candace Ifabi, and uh, she received the Distinguished Young Alum Award. And she joined us now. Candace, it's good to see you and congratulations.
7: Thank you, nice to be here today.
0: Absolutely that. So, you know, uh, the the school does this every year in various categories in honoring former students. And first, let me just ask you uh, how you found your academic experience uh, to be uh, at the University of Memphis.
7: I had a great time at the University of Memphis. It's a top notch university. I'm a CEO today, so I would say we've had a great ride with the University of Memphis.
0: Yeah, absolutely that. and, and, and you are a, a CEO uh, today. and if I if I uh, if I can remember this uh, correctly, uh, you are uh, the youngest CEO. Uh, at uh, at a VA in St. Louis. Am I correct in that?
7: I am the youngest and the first African-American CEO Ever. appointed at the St. Louis VA. Well,
0: that's correct. well, young lady, that that that's a pretty big deal, isn't it?
7: <laughs> Everyone keeps saying it's a big deal. I'm just excited to be in the role, and I love what I do, and I'm honored to have that accomplishment.
0: Uh, they've been around since nineteen forty. So this is a this is a pretty big operation. How many uh, employees do you oversee uh, at this uh, at this complex at this facility? Thirty
7: five hundred and growing.
0: Thirty five hundred and growing. So uh, as a CEO, you're in charge of a lot of things. Well, I mean, actually, you're in charge of everything. You oversee everything. What has been? First of all, how long have you been in that position?
7: In that role, I've been in that role for about two and a half months. I've been a CEO before my last position i was the first um woman ceo since uh the 1930s at that <laughs> facility as well but in st louis i've been in the role for about two and a half months i oversee two um, hospital systems in st louis uh
0: what is uh what do you find to be the biggest challenge uh, in, in involved in all of that
7: The biggest challenge really is making sure I have staff that are engaged and able to do the work and provide excellent quality services Uh uh, for veterans because I'm a veteran myself. I love the VA and we want to make sure that we're the best with everything that we do. So yeah. it really
0: is staffing. It, it it really is staffing and finding the right professionals because there's a there's a, as you say, there's a lot that, that goes into into all of this and running a facility like this and and I was just I was really impressed uh, 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 when I uh, when I when I heard about all of this. Now we do have someone else. I, I thought we did. Did we have someone else uh, that was? Uh, yeah,
2: um, for some reason you can't see me, but I'm here.
0: Okay. Well, <laughs> introduce yourself, voice, so we so we know who you are. <laughs>
2: I'm Joanna Curtis, and I am the Vice
0: President for Advancement at the University of Memphis. So, Joanna, uh, uh, welcome to the show. And uh, you know, there is a, a process that goes into selecting individuals for uh, these distinguished awards that you that you do every year. Uh, what yes. are some of the... Um, Uh, What are some of the things that that you as a committee, you all, as you're planning this every year uh, to pick these individuals, what is it that that you're looking for specifically uh, in a a particular honoree?
2: So we have a, our National Alumni Board are the ones that um, bring forward the nominations and people can submit nominations anytime during the year. And we have a couple of different categories. Now, Candace was a recipient of our Young Alumni Award. Mm -hmm. And so there we are looking, of course, for um, alumni that are 40 or younger who have accomplished something in their career, in their philanthropy, in their community outreach um, that makes them stand out. Our other awards are for the Distinguished Alumni Award is more of a lifetime achievement award. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's one of the reasons we like having the Young Alumni Award because we get to see what somebody's doing in the middle of their career instead of it being a celebration of the end of their career. Mm. And so many of our DAA recipients are leaders um, in their industries. Um, They have been involved with the university and have given back and volunteered with the university. They have been com- uh, community leaders who've done, uh, served on boards and have worked with nonprofits. Right. Really the people that exemplify what it means to be a tiger, to be engaged in the community and to be excellent.
0: Uh, absolutely, that's, 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 a, that's really wonderful mm-hmm. uh, and, and a wonderful uh, program that you have in terms of this. Candace, uh, you are uh, pretty young still uh, and you've already been mm-hmm. a CEO twice in your career. Uh, what are you looking to achieve as you move forward in your career? I mean, I don't know how much, how much bigger you can get than being a CEO of, of, of two healthcare facilities, uh, major ones in the VA uh, complex uh, in St. Louis there. But, I mean, do you have other uh, goals and aspirations, uh, things that you, that you may want to tackle down the road?
7: Um, absolutely. I want to make sure that I leave behind a really great legacy where I've paid it forward. I've helped young people who want to do the same thing or do something similar and help them with their careers. And I want to make sure that we're doing the very best that we can do for our veterans. They've served our country, and I want to make sure that we take care of them. Do you see- So really, my focus is quality paying it forward and just doing the very best that we can do as a healthcare
0: system. Well, you know, that, that, that phrase, paying it forward uh, is a big one. And Joanna, I would imagine that that, uh, in and of itself, when someone says that to you, that that does exemplify the tiger spirit. Does it not paying it forward, man, moving, you know, I mean, trying to uh, be a, be a leader or trailblazer and trying to pass it on. So others can, can, can ascend. Correct?
2: Yes, absolutely. And that's, you know, uh, You've heard Candace's credentials there. It's very easy to understand why she was this year's recipient of the Young Alumni Award. Mm-hmm. But we also make a point uh, with the DAA to engage our current students um, at the event and look for opportunities to engage our outstanding alumni with current students mm-hmm. because we want them to see somebody who has uh taken the path that they're taking. And who has succeeded in some of the industries that our students are striving to succeed in. Yeah, so We really look to our DAA recipients to also be role models for our current students.
0: Well, you know, I, I would say uh, that uh, kudos uh, for, for, for what you've done in terms of your selection uh, and uh, congratulations to the university of Memphis for putting out uh, and producing such fine, a talent. And uh, Candace, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm very proud of you. I I, I, I I mean, you know, what you have done at such a young age and, and more importantly, uh, the spirit of uh, what you uh, uh, pulled from the university of your time at uh, U of M. Uh, and more than that, the willingness of, of saying, you know what, it, it was it was a wonderful experience. Uh, I want to see more of our students uh, in the future be able to ascend to the levels that you're at. Correct.
7: Absolutely. I couldn't have done it without the University of Memphis, without my community. And I just want to do the same thing for those who are coming up behind me.
0: Well, listen, uh, this has been a great uh, conversation. Uh, thank you uh, to uh, both of you. Joanna Curtis uh, from the University of Memphis. And and uh, of course, uh, Candice Ifabi, uh, the recipient of uh, this year's Distinguished Young Alum Award. Uh, congratulations to you both and thank you for taking time to be on the show and onward
2: thank you
0: All right. thank you y'all have a great night thank you so much you too and that's how you want to end the show you want to end the show uh on, on, on an upbeat uh note uh, with everything else that's going on around here uh, it's nice to see accomplished people and of course the university of memphis supporting the accomplishments of uh, these young folks And never forgetting the lesson to give back. And as Bryn plays me out, uh, another great show, I think, tonight. I hope uh, you felt the same. Uh, You know, we we try to do this each and every week uh, to the best of our ability. And I never forget, ever, ever, ever forget you. Uh, The listener, the viewer, however it is you get us, I truly appreciate it. And uh, I would say uh, to you, uh, I hope that uh, you continue on. Uh, watching us supporting us encouraging us to continue to do the job that we're doing more importantly passing it on to other people letting other folks know that they haven't checked out Real Talk Memphis give us a shot just check out the show and and see what it's all about you either like it or you won't we hope that you will Uh, so um, as we get out of here on this beautiful Monday night uh, my thanks to uh, Nicole uh, to DJ Lola uh, to Brynn and to you our audience So until next time, until next time, I'm Chip, (laughs) and I'm out. We'll see you soon.